Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. Together, we are on a journey where we learn by exploring what makes people successful, what makes leaders great. We will challenge each other to leave the mediocre and average behind to aim higher. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Today, we're talking about powerful questions, and we're talking about it with an expert panel. We have Tammy Spade with us. She's an executive in many different areas, including human resources, marketing, facilities, operations, on and on. We also have Drew Bordis, who is an operations guru, leadership. What can we make you? Leadership of all Georgia Tech football. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That that might be a bit of a stretch, but I like it. You mean leadership in Georgia Tech yeah. in the same sentence? Oh, ouch. No, 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 no. And we have Bruce Rhodes, who is a personal mentor to me. He's led many organizations. He's a been a CEO, COO, CTIO, CIO, COO. Any COs that I missed? Nope. You have them all. You've got them all. And he's also been a frequent guest poster on my blog, though not as frequent <clears throat> enough as people want him. They clamor for Bruce Rhodes' wisdom, and we have that here today. He keeps trying to retire if you would let him. <laughs> he can never retire. No. He he always says he's retired, but retirement, what is that anyway? Do you know what retirement is? I'm working on it. You're working <clears throat> on it. Well, don't work too hard on it because we need your wisdom and advice. But today we're talking about questions, the power of questions, leadership really relies on questions. And so let's talk about powerful questions. They open up worlds unknown. And I remember one of Bruce Rhodes' guest posts, he was talking about questions. In fact, he often says that leadership is not knowing about all the answers. It's more about asking the right questions, which is great for leaders who don't know exactly what they're doing because they can ask questions. So let's let's really start there. Let's talk about the skill of asking questions. What is it about the skill of asking questions that is linked to leadership? I think for me there's a there, um there's a little bit of vulnerability there in terms of um receiving questions and asking questions that says, look, I'm not just giving you the answer. I don't know all the answers and I want to collaboratively get there with the team. So it also um, develops a better understanding of what's in your own mind. I do that with my team all the time of, of encouraging them to say, okay, Drew, why is that a goal of yours? Why do you want to increase that throughput? What if we did? What if we didn't? And really be able to get a shared understanding of what we're trying to do and what we're after. Yeah, I think um, good questions, thanks, Drew, do really three things. One is it's really an exceptional way to learn and uncover information. A well-phrased question can elicit a lot of data that you may not have, you may not even know that you need. Um, it's, it's also a way to demonstrate respect. I think you hit on that. And then really just to engender relationship. It demonstrates I respect what you have to share. Um, I want to learn from you. I think it also forces you to listen more than speak. You're gonna you're gonna get more than you give. Yeah. Besides the the business outcome of asking questions, <clears throat> at the heart of it is I think you're signaling confidence to the other party. And every time you do that, 
you build trust a little bit. So what you're saying is I trust you to give me information that's going to help get us a better answer. That's really good. I, you, you've said leadership is not about knowing all the answers. Why do you think new leaders think that, that they have to have all the answers? I, and I think they do. I mean, they, they get into these positions. They think, wow, I have to know all the answers. W- why is that? Well, I think leaders often, not always, but often are promoted into positions because they were great practitioners at some level. They did know all the answers. And then they're promoted into positions and they want to carry that through. So what made them successful in maybe an individual contributor type of role, they have to acquire new skills and, and they have to learn that. They, they may not know that initially. I think the other thing is they, a lot of times new leaders think they have to prove themselves. Mm. And so in order to get credibility with the group, they come across with knowledge instead of leadership. And, and so I think that's behind a lot of why new leaders think they have to have the answers is they're trying to prove themselves to the group. It's great. I, I'm thinking about different people in my life. I'm thinking about my friend Mike Hyatt. He is so good at asking questions. If I go to lunch with him, I usually go and I have a list of things that I want to ask him, things that he's done that I want to <coughs> steer into. And then what I find is I've gotten out of that lunch – and I never had a chance to ask any of my questions. I literally walk in and I feel like he beat me to it. He has this question and that question and this question. He's curious about this and that and the other. And I leave there realizing I didn't get to any of my questions. And I, and I, I asked him about this once and I had to really arm myself and say, stop, I can't have you ask anything until I ask this. And I asked about questions. And he was looking at me blankly, he, he had no idea. I said, you have the skill of asking questions. How do you do that? How do you turn around the conversation in a way that you're asking all the questions before I get a chance to? And he didn't even realize that he had that skill. He was just naturally asking these questions. Do you see people like that who are just naturally asking questions, curious, uh, and that you find yourself after a meeting realizing that your questions weren't answered because they turned them around and were asking you questions. Have you ever had that happen to you? I think you hear about some some great famous leaders that are like that, that make you feel like you're the most important person in the world and they just want to know everything about you and you're thinking... You are the most well, important person. Well, I love people because I love talking about myself. So when I find somebody like that, it's a, <laughs> it's a, natural, it's a natural fit. Um, but really, it, it does make you just think, wow, I'm not... I'm not important. Why do you want to know all this? What is so great about me? And it, it's a, it's a really interesting skill. For is that usually your question? <laughs> what is so great about me? Yeah. Is that? I mean, that's my lead. <laughs> that's your lead-in question. Yeah, it it is it is something when somebody turns that around and asks you a lot of questions. Tammy has also been an HR leader for many years. Have you ever been in a situation where you go in to interview somebody and you're thinking? You're going to be asking them a lot of questions, and you find that at the end of the interview, they've asked you yes. more questions? Yes. And I'm impressed when, when that happens because you do learn something about it. I've had the reverse happen, too, particularly with the new managers. I remember walking by kind of an open area where somebody was interviewing um, a candidate. And every time I walked by the area, I saw the hiring manager talking, talking, talking. Walk by again, the hiring manager's talking, talking. Ask them how the interview went, and they said, oh, I think it went great really great interview. Ask the candidate, well, he really didn't ask me any questions, but I mean, I think I went okay. 
you know, the the interviewer felt like they had to give a bunch of details about the role or whatever the responsibilities were. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm impressed when candidates have questions. I think that's a, a sign of preparation, but there needs to be some give and take. I always use the 80-20 rule when, when we're talking to people about interviewing for anything. You should be listening 80% of the time and talking 20% of the time. But you've also put your finger on the double-edged sword of questions because I use it a lot to steer the conversation or to focus the conversation. But when it goes overboard where you're controlling the conversation, um, then it's kind of out of bounds. Or, you, or someone's asking you so many questions that they're trying to disguise something they don't want to say. Oh, so they can be using it as a tactic. Yeah, sure. Instead of curiosity, they're using it as as a way to get something done. Well, let's talk about some of the benefits of asking questions. You mentioned a few of them earlier. I'm just curious if we think, you know, a little bit of what are some of the benefits of asking questions? Why is that so important to think about? I think we use it a lot in our group to kind of flesh out an idea and make sure that we are going to hit the goal we're trying to hit with the proposal. So a, a quote I like is, um, sometimes it's easier to make the world a better place than to prove you've made the world a better place. And so kind of fleshing those out to say, okay, you've got a gut feeling that this is going to make us faster. Will I, at the end of this project or this initiative or this idea, how will I know it worked? Will, will I be able to see that it got us faster? What, where will I look to find that? And sometimes you may not have an answer to that that's specific and as a group, you'll realize that and say, nope, this is still a good idea. We still want to do this. So it helps you with strategy. I, I think it helps boost confidence. It helps the other person show that you're interested in them. It may tune in that you're asking questions in areas that highlights an expertise for them. It's, a way, it's also a way to draw people out that don't naturally in a group talk to get different points of view. And so you can use questions to make sure you get different different points of view in a, uh, in any particular situation to get a better solution. And I've seen you, Bruce, use that. You'll yeah. say, you'll, you'll pick somebody's name and get and draw them out by because of the question. Yeah, but they wouldn't, if you didn't do that, they would just sit there. So more introverted people perhaps? Could be. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah, benefits of asking good questions. I've seen it, I've seen it, it really play out well. What are some good questions for you to ask? If you think about leaders asking questions, what are some of those questions that you Well, ask? I think a lot of them um, have a why embedded. It, I mean, if you watch any yes. child, grandchild, neighborhood child, think about yourself as a child, kids ask why. I mean, they're naturally curious. But I think anytime you integrate why, you're going to uncover a lot of things. You're going to uncover motive. You're going to uncover maybe more of the root cause of a particular issue. Um, you know, I, I've seen, Skip, you do this. Tell me more about that. Um, when someone shares a perspective, tell me why you feel that way. Tell me more what, what leads you to that perspective. Um, open-ended questions are always going to be better. Now, sometimes someone who's in sales, for example, might ask a question that is going to lead people toward a conclusion that, that they want. But I think generally open-ended questions that really incorporate why are a great starting point. I use questions a lot to uh, precipitate business discuss- decisions. A lot of times a group will just discuss and discuss and discuss. So when you ask a question about how to precipitate a decision, I tend to ask about three, the, the rule of threes. What are the three alternatives 
that we have in front of us. People will be feel more comfortable talking about three things than they will having to get to just one that might be the right answer. So you you get more on the table, but it's a way of precipitating decision. Um, <clears throat> so the group of threes, what are the three? What are our three alternatives uh, that we have here? Who needs to be involved? Those kind of questions. And I think being action oriented, I often want to know what we're doing next. So this is great debate, great discussion, love the strategy, all these ideas. What are we doing? What are we walking out of here? What's the next step? How do we iterate and, and get toward the end we're seeking? You want a conclusion and move forward. So driving for results. Yes. It's interesting in the courtroom uh, compared to the boardroom, having been in both, the courtroom would tell you they, they give advice to lawyers. Never ask a question of a witness you don't already know the answer to. It can be a very dangerous thing. And they also have you ask questions that are specific. So isn't it true that? And they can corner you, et cetera. Complete opposite in the boardroom or in the business world where you're really asking questions that you don't. I think about what's required to ask questions too. It, it actually takes courage sometimes to ask questions. I remember I learned in law school, there was uh, one woman who was always asking questions, always asking the professor questions. And I would sit there in awe. Many of us would sit there kind of worried. We were thinking, well, if I ask this question, I will look, I'll feel dumb asking this question. I, I just wouldn't mm -hmm. think I should ask this question. People will stare at me thinking, are you kidding me? You don't know that? And do you know, I had a really impactful moment when I realized she was, at the end of our first year, the number one student in our entire class, asking questions that we would think, you're kidding. And I thought, you know what? I am no longer going to be embarrassed about my questions. And so often, my team will tell you, I will ask questions and I will say, I'm just going to ask some dumb questions and I'll throw them out. And they're big, they're open-ended. I may even think I know the answers to some of them, and then I realize I don't, or their shade comes back a little different than I thought. It is interesting. But courage and asking questions seem to be linked sometimes, because oftentimes you need the confidence to even go out and say, I should ask these questions. Have you seen that aspect of questions? Yeah, the other thing you just mentioned about uh, the lawyer in the courtroom about asking a question you don't know the answer to, same thing happens in the boardroom or the business room. Um, if you ask a question and you get an answer that you're not expecting, like a different point of view, it's really important to watch how you react to that because if it's not something you were expecting, it actually could be a very valid point. But if you try to shut it down, then your questions are going to become ineffective. So when you get an answer you're not expecting, take a breath and and assess how important it is and how to let the how to keep going but without shutting it down. Yeah, that that gets to tone too. Yeah. You have to almost be agnostic in the way that you ask it. Now, the attorney, the litigator is going to say, "What in the world made you think that that was going to work?" But someone else might say, "Wow, what in the world make you made you think that was going to work?" It's a very different question. So tone, when you think about tone, um, particularly when you get an answer you weren't expecting, that's important because you don't want to shut down. Right. 
And I think, you know, courage-wise, we were talking about um, new managers earlier, but I think in upper management, you eventually get to a point where you're managing people where you have not done that job. Just by definition, a CEO cannot have done every job in the in the building. Bruce did. Well, except for Bruce. Um, and you've got to be comfortable as a leader having the credibility lead those people. I haven't done your job. I'm going to ask you some intelligent questions about it. I want to learn more about what you're doing, but you're the subject matter expert on this, not me. And so you need to be able to still lead and have a dialogue there. Yeah. Courage and linking in those questions is something that I think is important at all levels. People think that that leaves you and it really doesn't. You need to have the courage to do that. How does asking good questions actually improve your credibility? I think it shows your ability to listen. And and when you start listening, people will give you credibility, especially if you use what they're telling you as part of the answer, uh, which is usually the case. I mean, they'll have something. So yeah. I think it improves your credibility because you're willing to listen and everybody likes to be listened to. And I'll say that about Tammy. Um, the the she has the ability to ask a very intelligent question about almost any topic that we cover, which is remarkable. Um, and it does show she's listening. Like she's in. She's in the conversation no matter what the topic is. Not everybody can do that. I think follow-up questions are, are critical too. Um, also show that you're listening. Show respect. Show some level of, of understanding. Um, but that follow-up question, which you can't really plan for. You know, you may have your list of questions. But when someone shares information, you have to be able to think, well, okay, what do I need to ask next to uncover that next layer? What's the rule of five? You know, when you're trying to get to the root cause of something, you just keep asking the follow-up question to get down to that root. Yes, and and I, that's why I always say tell me more and those yes. kind of things. Well, you were referencing tone earlier, and I was thinking tone is so <clears throat> very important, and yet so often tone is perceive differently, right? So you might ask the question, like think about asking your kids, did you clean your room? But they heard, did you clean your room? <laughs> right? We all hear different things based on our perceptions. And I've seen that positional power impacts tone in such an incredible way. It magnifies it. So the same question you may pose may be perceived very, very differently. I remember one particular meeting where I asked a question completely innocently. I said, I'd like to know more about something. Tell me more. And got a very, very defensive answer. And I listened to it and I said, well, that's very interesting. I, I really don't understand. I'm curious about, and I asked the question again. And then she turned and she actually, this had never happened before. And she turned and she said, oh, you really want the answer. You don't understand. <laughs> I thought you were insinuating this, this, and this, and that. And I said, I don't know enough to insinuate. I, I actually don't know this area. And it was a wonderful conversation that we entered into about understanding each other and where we came from, et cetera, that actually brought us closer together from that because she recognized that I was actually sincere, but she was putting on all kinds of things based on positional power. Oh, you're the CEO. You must be looking for this. That wasn't there. So have you seen that? Questions and position power and how that all relates. I have an example from last night at our house. So we, our youngest is 17. He had a bunch of friends over. A spill happened. 
So instead of saying who spilled or, or what was spilled, I said, did this spill happen last night when your friends were over or tonight when they were over? <laughs> and I got a different answer. Instead of, oh, a spill didn't happen. Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't see it. I got a, oh, it happened tonight. So-and-so spilled their, you know, whatever, slushy on my carpet. Yeah, I It find was red. That. I find email makes this problem. Hold on a second. We need a little therapy for, for Tammy because she's, well, she's a she's a she's red. a she's a she's a she is a she is a perfectionist. Um, but email exasperates this problem. It take the positional power, the ability to read tone into a message, and we're so email heavy now that I find myself if I have just a casual, it really is just a question I'm wondering about. I have to almost type those words in there that say, "Please don't drop everything." and boil the ocean to answer this, I'm just curious, dot, 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 dot. Because it's, it is so difficult to read. Do you want this now? Is it an yeah. emergency? What happened? Do you want a 50-page book right. or just right. a one-word answer? You know, the, the way to – I found that combat the, the position of authority is uh, to actually preface the question. I mean I use it a lot of time to, as I said, to precipitate business decisions. So I like to take a position early and remain influenceable. But a lot of times, in order not to the, not have people confuse that with the answer, just preface it by saying, you know, I've heard a lot about this. I'm going to take a position here just to get the discussion started. Tell me what's wrong with it. And the reason I do that is because a lot of people can tell you what's wrong with something easier than they can come up with an answer. So if you preface the question you're about to ask so that they know it's not a positional statement, it really does help help the group. I sometimes do that afterwards. I take an emphatic position and say, no, that's just a position because I don't know. Uh, yeah, um, you do it to see how strongly we believe in our position too. So, yeah, that takes some getting used to. That's true. Well, it, it does. I, I'm thinking about a great quote that Lillian Smith says, and she says this, when you stop learning, stop listening, stop looking and asking questions – always new questions, then it is time to die. <laughs> yes. That's how important. It's a happy thought. Yeah. That's a happy thought. <laughs> That's how important it is to ask questions. And unfortunately, I have no more questions about questions, but I hope it's not time to die. Thank you for uh, participating in this and talking to me about asking questions. It is a wonderful skill. And the people who are good at it, who bring you to their best, whether it's in a casual conversation at lunch or in a boardroom, or even at home with your kids. Uh, really, it's a skill, I think, that we should all be thinking about and perfecting. So um, it, it really is something that I'm always trying to learn, and it does link to listening. So thank you. Thanks for listening to Aim Higher with Skip Pritchard. Check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. And if you like what you hear, please rate us in iTunes. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher.